Hello and good evening and welcome to the latest episode of La Magic Cast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 145. Today is an end of season review. We will be reviewing the 2021-2022 season for, for AS Roma. We'll be talking about our favourite moment, our worst moment, favourite game, etc, etc, etc. With me tonight I have three guests. With me tonight I've got James. How are we James? Fine, thank you. And we've got Daniel. How are we Daniel? Very good, thanks. And Imran, we got yourself. I'm good, thank you. Are you, are you feeling a lot better after your, I would say, conjunctivitis? Yeah, uh, I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. As I had that as an, as a young adult, or as a hay fever sufferer, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So as I said in the intro, I just wanted to do like a an end of season review, like we did at the one at Christmas. I think. Imran and James, you joined me in Sam. I think, Dan, you, you may have been busy over the Christmas festivities. You may have joined us. I can't remember. It was like five, six months ago. But, yeah, I just talk, wanted to talk about predictions, um, favourite game, worst moment of the season. I, th- I can imagine which one it is. Uh, best player, biggest disappointment, standout moment, uh, and then thoughts for next season. Um should we start with your standout player for this season? And I'll come to you, James, and then Imran, and then Daniel. Standout player this season, I would say, would be probably Tammy Abraham, I think. And I say that because I think um, I was hesitating there because I thought, you know, Chris Smalling had an outstanding season. And, um, uh, you know, he was a, a real, um, made our defense really solid and secure and, uh, and, uh, but I just think that, um, and he was a leader as well in that defense, I think, but, um, uh, and overall, you know, the defense performed very well, but I just think Tammy Abraham was, you know, he played virtually all the games. You know, he had a very heavy workload. He was his fitness was outstanding. I know he was flagging towards the end of games in, uh, you know, in in this month. But um, uh, nevertheless, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, he gave full commitment, and his scoring record was outstanding. Uh, as well, and 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 you know, we should recall in the first part of the season, we we're all lamenting. How many times he hit the woodwork? So was he, in fact, uh, and so he would have, you know, he was a bit unfortunate not to get even more goals, and he scored, you know, so many decisive goals. I mean, the the goal at Torino just just this last week that that paved the way to. I know it's from the penalty spot, but um, oh, the first one, sorry, he scored twice um, with great footwork. The first one to pave the way to that crucial victory that clinched sixth place. And then, you know, the winner against Leicester in the semi-final. Um, he was really, uh, you know, the opening goal in the dark, you know, n- numerous crucial goals. And I think that, uh, you know, it's no accident, is it, that kilo for kilo, the most expensive players in football are strikers. And um, I would give it to Tammy Abraham for so many decisive contributions. 
that's not a bad shout. You almost had me at Chris Smalling as well. Uh, a wonderful stat that the Roma Twitter account put out, and I actually looked this up as well. Do you know he didn't get booked at all this season in all competitions for Roma? None in Serie A, none in Europe, and then none in the Copa Italia. I thought he did get a yellow card in... Oh, I, while you're talking, I'll think, but I'm... I was it the Leicester game? I think didn't think yeah, he, he did. Yeah, Leicester away, the first leg of the semi-final. He didn't, he didn't get booked at all. That's unbelievable. Wow. That's unreal. You're saying in the away leg in the semi-final, the first leg, he didn't get booked? Uh, yeah, I looked this up earlier on transfer, Mark, and uh, that was on my lunch because I wanted to double-check it myself. I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, so, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but I did double-check and he had some, <coughs> didn't get booked at all this season. Yeah, he didn't that get booked. Really yeah, That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, did I say Imran, then then Daniel? So, Imran, you're... Uh, sorry, James, Tammy Abrams. I'm with you on Tammy. I, I reckon him, Chris Morden, and Marie Patricio have been the three stand-up players this season. Um, to Imran, come to you, your stand-up player for this season. Uh, I'd say Rui Patricio because he has shown consistency for the most part throughout the season apart from a few blunders uh, So, and he has played every single minute uh, I believe in every single competition right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken or did Fusato play a game? Fusato anyway, played one game in Europe Okay, so but I think for me, Rui Patricio, he, he his presence uh, back there, uh, uh, his uh, uh, aerial ability, the way he commands the area, transmits uh, positive energy. He gives uh, a sense of uh, uh, security to the defense, and I think all those qualities w- were very much needed after. I think for four years since Alisson left. So <clears throat> the importance of having, having him, I think, was crucial. And he proved that. Tammy Abraham had a very good uh, second half of the season. The first one was acceptable, uh, considering he was adapting and all that. And it, it it's a bit more difficult for uh, the strikers to adapt because they need to... They need to get on the front foot from the very first day because they have to score goals. Uh, but yeah, definitely Tammy, Abra- Tammy Abraham, Re Patricio. Um, yeah, I- I'd say uh, the two of them. Chris Smalling would have been up there uh, too if it wasn't for the fact that he missed. Uh, I think uh, for a bit too many games. Uh, uh, through injuries uh, to be competing with uh, Abraham and Rui Patricio, but uh, honourable mention, definitely. No, I completely agree with that. Um, Daniel, uh, I imagine you probably follow, uh, follow suit, sorry, <coughs> excuse me, on either Tami, Rui Patricio. Do you have anyone that comes into your mind? Um, I think Imran made the good point that probably Chris Smalling hasn't, didn't play quite enough to to be the player of the season. Although, to be honest with you, I think I don't, I don't think he made any mistakes, really. So I think he kind of played his 30 games, I think, um, pretty much near perfect or, I mean, only making errors which are acceptable, let's say. But um, 
No, actually, I will I will give it to Chris Smalling because I think Chris Smalling probably played perfectly, whereas with Tammy Abraham, I still think he can do better, even though he's had a really, really good first season, probably the best debut season for a Roma striker. So I just think uh, he's got a lot more to show as well. So um, I would probably give it to Chris Smalling. Actually, just to come in there, I actually can only recall two errors by Chris Smalling. I think one of them was against Juventus when we conceded, it might have been even the fourth goal, and he was caught out of position and um, in, in the game in, at the Olympico when we lost the 3-1 lead and lost four, ended up losing 4-3. And then in the final against Feyenoord in stoppage time, when the ball came into the penalty area, he was beaten in the air for the first time, I think maybe in the season. And the, fortunately, Spinazzola had tracked the run of uh, an opponent and that was enough uh, just to put him off and the ball went behind for a goal kick. But it was potentially an equaliser in stoppage time. So uh, I think those are the only um, two mistakes I can remember Smalling making, actually, which is really remarkable um, for a defender. So uh, I think it's a very good, you know, worthy uh, um, call to to give that title to Smalling. And just one other point, Abraham was cautioned in the semi-final first leg, according to UEFA.com. So. Was that Abraham not Smalling? Yeah, it was Abraham was cautioned. Yeah, but not Smalling, no, no. No, okay, no that's okay. Yeah, on on Smalling, yeah, Cyril Dess has won a header in, what was it, the 93rd, 94th minute, and then Brian yeah. Linson missed that chance where he that's flushed his line. Yeah, I think that's the only time I've seen Smalling, probably in the last six months, just get done in the air because he's been, if not Roma's best defensive player this season, along uh, probably along with Zaleski in the last couple of months. But yeah, totally agree with you. You guys are absolutely spot on about standout player should we go on to uh just say flop <laughs> uh flop player this season i'll go in reverse order so i'll come to you him uh to daniel first sorry and then imran and then james so daniel do you have a, an idea who you want to hasn't stood out this season um well i think if i think of maybe the players that we we brought in um I mean, maybe you would say uh, Shomurodov, although um, I do think there's a good player there. Um, but maybe when I think about how I felt when we signed him, I was quite—it felt quite promising because he had he had scored quite a lot of goals in the back of last season for Genoa, and I thought maybe he was starting to find his feet in Italy. But in the end, it was quite uh, disappointing. I mean, it uh, relatively quickly in the season he lost his place to Afenagian. Um, so I think probably I would I would say flop of the season, but I think he will have a a bit of a better recovery for next season. I think he will play his part because I think we've seen towards the end of the season we saw I think a few glimpses there that uh, of his potential, um, particularly the goal against Venezia where the finish was really good, but what he does before in the build up is uh, is very very good. So. It's tough to call him a flop, um, but maybe Shumurov, yeah. The back heel to Pellegrini was um, delicious. Uh, I just think yeah. if he was given more game time, I think we could probably see more out of him. Uh, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I felt that Felix was thrown in and you thought, 
Shamaradov was just like, okay, you spent all this money on me. Why don't you give me a chance? And he's, and in the last month or so, he's he's given his chance. He's probably not disappointed, but I think I agree with you, Dan. That next season you might see the real real Eldor. Uh, Imran, biggest flop or disappointment this season? If you're talking about transfers, I would say. Or, yeah, or squad player or players in the squad transfers or squad players and players in uh, the squad. I'm, yeah, fair enough. Among the transfers, I would say transfers, I would definitely say Shmurodov, uh due to the price tag uh, and the expectations it came with. <laughs> expectations is a bit unfair, but especially the price tag, you would have expected a bit more contribution. Um, he wasn't given that many chances, but still, uh, whatever their underlying reasons are, uh, he he should have contributed more. And uh, I would say Matisse Vigny as well, uh, because uh, he, he was signed for what I believe is also a relatively high fee for... For a left back coming from Brazil, uh, signed for Palmeiras, it was signed for 13 million euros. And I think when you come with that price tag, naturally there are expectations because you can find players in Serie A, uh, probably half of that price who could have contributed more. Um, so, so in all fairness, yeah, I would say he should have done uh, much better. If you're talking about the players... That we already had in the squad, um, I think uh, Gonzalo Villar. Um, and, good uh, shout! Very good shout. And uh, but that uh, wasn't really. I think that wasn't really his fault. His fault. Yeah. Probably not. But uh, yeah, I would I, I would say Zaniolo is more disappointing than 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 him this season. I mean, I know he scored in the final, but when we this was his first full season back and. Um, very little contribution in Syria in terms of goals. Um, I would make a case for him before those others because they barely played, I think. And I didn't really expect that much from them. True, I can agree with that. I think uh, and it, all, it all comes down to the expectations because Gonzalo Villar, he didn't come with a lot of expectations, but he did. I think he did have, uh, he did progress a lot. And when you do that, People expect you to take the next step and uh, progress even further. They didn't do that for whatever reasons. I mean, it could be down to Mourinho. He doesn't suit his style of play. So I'm not entirely blaming him. Just saying that probably uh, expected more from him. Uh, not, uh, I mean, you know, when we, when I personally at least, you know, label these players as flops or disappointments, I'm not putting the blame on them. I'm just saying personally at least that. I expected more from them. And I think Diawara, I didn't expect him to play four Serie A games. I mean, didn't not even from starting. I think he started only two games. I would have expected a bit more from him. Uh, but uh, definitely a mismatch uh, in terms of player uh, characteristics and the, the way the coach wants to play. About Zaniolo, I know that there has been a lot of criticism because, uh, once again, people expect a lot. And uh, that's fair enough. But I think uh, Zaniola has he has looked very frustrated because at times he wanted it too much uh, and he got very frustrated when things didn't go his way uh, and he probably tried too hard. 
uh, I think it's an it's an acceptable season uh, coming from uh, the injuries that he came from. Uh, an acceptable season. I wouldn't label it as a flop. Uh, I would just say um, an acceptable season. Next season, of course, he has to improve and uh, uh, and have far more assists and goals than he had this season. And I think uh, I think it will he will improve uh, next season when we play in the Europa League and and in Serie A will strengthen the squad further. I think with the final also, I think a lot of the psychological trauma, psychological burden was taken off his shoulders as well with that final goal because it uh, it, uh, it it was the last day of the last uh, match of the season, but it could be a turning point in uh, mentally, psychologically for him, I just hopes that, just hope that he doesn't tr- try too hard because he, I believe that he shouldn't feel that he has a lot to prove. He just, he should just go on about his business as usual. If he's not involved in a love triangle, so on and off the pitch, um, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a Lazio player did rent out the Stadio Olimpico for a. <laughs> <laughs> last week for a gender reveal and that's the the same person who's allegedly dating Zaniolo's ex um that's a topic for a different podcast uh James um your disappointment or flop of the season in the squad or in the transfer market I would say uh Amadou Diara because I do like Diara and I think he could have had you know he did uh did have a role last season and um, I thought he could have had a role this season, but um, so I'm not necessarily saying it's, you know, he's at fault here, but I think his, his such a peripheral role was definitely a big disappointment for me. Um, And, and of course, you know, he was um, again, not necessarily saying it was his fault, but you know, he was responsible for partly for the, heavy defeat in Norway in the group stage of the conference league. And when he tried to shepherd the ball over the goal line for the, and they stole the ball off him and uh, scored the third goal early in the second half, that really uh, meant we were probably destined to lose the game. And then that things got worse from there. Just an example. Um, Ibanez is a really interesting player because I remember last season, Daniel said that he thought he he was a bit of a disappointment given his ability level. And I would say he was a bit of a disappointment again this season, particularly in his reading of the game is you know, and uh, he was caught out on several occasions, you know, just an example would be the penalty kick against Napoli. And there was a, in the first half of the away game in April, I think it was. And, there was um, another potential penalty he nearly gave away in the second half in that game. And then, you know, uh, uh, and then in the last few games of the season, he vindicates Mourinho's faith in him by playing really well. You know, he played very well in the final. He played very well against Torino. Um, So uh, he's a bit of a little bit of an enigma for me, but I do like him. And, um, but, I always have this feeling, you know, that's two seasons now where I think I've the season's ended and I feel could could do more. It perhaps isn't making the progress that 
I think some of us thought he might make when he first ca- came from Atalanta. So he's a really interesting uh, player in that regard. Um, so next season will be, I think, a really crucial one for Ibanez. Does he take that step to really become an established first-team player, perhaps have other clubs um, interested in uh, uh, buying him? Or... or does he stay at this level and or maybe regress? You know, we'll have to wait and see. It's a curious case with him, I reckon. I think there is a player there and with the right coach and the right mentality, he will get a, 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 get it out of him. But he, I don't know, James, we've talked about it, but he has got a ricket in him, hasn't he? He's, he's, had, he's got a massive mistake in him. And, but I think in the last couple of weeks, he's been Roma's best player in the final. I thought he was man of the match. He was yeah, out, I thought he out, was out, yeah. outstanding yeah. and did a yeah, really good job on yeah. um, Reese Nelson. But yeah. yeah, I do sort of agree with that. He has his moments and you're thinking, oh my God, he's bringing the ball out of defence. He's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's one, of course one of his great qualities. Is, he's able to bring the ball up to the halfway line and beyond and distribute it. And um, so I think probably, you know, thinking about it overall, consistency is his problem. Yeah. And hopefully that gets ironed out next season because it would be a huge boost if he could find con- consistency for the longer periods, you know. It gives me nightmares like Tony Rudiger used to do when Rudiger used to go on those massive yes. runs. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I've been, I was at the Olympico with, um, with a friend of mine. I think Imran will know him. Um, uh, the, it's, it was just like, oh my God, don't, don't do it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, what are you doing? But, um, my flop was Jordan Verity. Uh, I don't know if you guys would agree with that. I thought at the start of the season, he was outstanding. And just after the, probably after his international call for about four months, he was just horrific. It just totally lost of ideas, lost of positioning. When Jose wants a disciplined 4-2-3-1 with Cristante and Verity, I thought one has to stay and both has to stay, but one would, both of them would maraud. Cristante will go a bit further, but Verity would just be like your box to box and just lose positional shape. And I was just thinking, what are you doing? But then in games he was benched. And then when we went to the 3-4-2-1, he just, didn't get a look until the end of the season. I think he looked a shadow of, of himself. There was rumours that he rejected the contract. And uh, also, he's dropped his agent. But, yeah, I wasn't very impressed with Jordan Verity. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Or less, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good point. He did start good with that game against Fiorentina, but after that, he was he was a disappointment. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Imran, it was Erland I used to sit with in the Olympico and when we used to go to games when we meet up, I was like, don't know, I was like, Tony Rudiger used to give me nightmares. So <laughs> he's, when he brings it out oh, of defense, yeah, yeah. like Ivania's like, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so yeah, I think we had a, a good range on uh, like flop and disappointment. Uh, next topic has got most, most improved player or breakthrough. That could mean the same thing. I've got I've got a good idea on who mine will be. Um but I will start with you James and then Daniel I'll come to you in run last. Right, sorry, sorry. What um uh, uh, most uh, most improved player slash breakthrough player. Ah oh, right, okay. 
uh, Zalewski. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Unquestionably. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think back to the semi-final against Leicester City when he made the opening goal for uh, Pellegrini, and then you know, and the and the phenomenal assist he provided to Zaniolo for the third goal against Bodo Glimt on the counter attack. Um, was uh, his close control, his speed, his agility, his close control in that particular move was uh, fantastic. And um, he was, I mean, I think he, funny, I think he might have um, had a bit of a fall off in the last week or so of the season, but that was understandable. I mean, he was playing, you know, often twice a week and uh, and uh, still a very young player, of course. So, uh, you know, yeah. There might be an element of inconsistency creeping, but um, over yeah, I mean he just uh, just was phenomenal, really, um, and uh, and to the point where you know an international player like um, Matthias Vigne became became his understudy, mm. you know. So uh, Zalewski, unquestionably, I think a breakthrough player of the season. Yeah, completely agree with that. His performances from what February to now been outstanding uh deployed as a left wing back when i think he's been played as a number 10 or left winger i think it's, it's positional it's tackling and i think i've only seen him have one bad game and that was against inter and dunzel dumfries just absolutely ruined him well dumfries is an exceptional player but yeah completely agree that he's been my uh breakthrough player this season um daniel will we make it three and oh on, on Zaleski, yeah, I think it has to be. Uh, yeah. He just came out of came out of nowhere. I think especially came out of nowhere in the sense that he's playing as a left wing back. Because for the Primavera, I saw him a couple of times playing as a winger, um, and he was always one of the most talked about players from the Primavera team. But it's really shocking to see some player from the Primavera come in and being put at left wing back and performing so well. Um, I think maybe if you wanted to have a second option. You could say maybe Pellegrini in the sense that this season I think mm. he's really come to embody is a lot more of the like the player you can rely on and can carry the team in certain moments, whereas I think in the past he wasn't yet like that. So I think he's developed in that regard, but it's probably an easy pick to have Saluski, I think. Yeah, I agree. Pellegrini's a great shot as well. Um, I remember talks like last season he didn't he had like a massive drop off and his consistency in games but this season uh i think before his injury he was one of roman's best players and his numbers were outstanding i think in the last month or two he's been really exceptional and zaleski just completely agree um imran are we gonna make it a clean sweep is he there yeah it has to be (laughs) Has to be Zaleski. Uh, uh, difficult to, especially because personally, I have to admit, I didn't have, I didn't think he would make it. Uh, I think I know a lot of people were thought that he was promising and all that, but I thought that he was just an ordinary player that would probably go out on loan and vanish somewhere there. But I think he really found his role in as a left wing back, and then. The confidence in which we played with uh, composure, close control, like James said, 
uh, in the through passes, key passes, uh, creating chances are not nowhere. Really impressive. Uh, so um, I have to hand it to him. I think he was uh, he was that player. Yeah, definitely. Do you think next season he's going to have a, a more more of an impact on the left hand side with Spin and Solar? I think it could be space for more rotation. Yeah. Uh, and I think it would suit him well because he's still young. And uh, the good thing to know is that if we feel that we want to give Spinatola rest or whatever, we know that there's a reliable guy who can step in. And that's uh, that's really good to know. No, I completely agree. Uh, I've got a couple more topics. I've got best game, worst game, and then thoughts on the season slash Mourinho, and then we've got questions at the end. So best game, I've got two in question. I'll say mine at the end, and I will go in reverse order this time. So I'll start off with you, Imran. Oops. The best game of the season. Best perform- game. Your best game. Performance-wise, yeah. performance wise, I would say the derby. Yep. Uh, that was, um, I mean, such a dominating performance. Um, it has to be that one. And I, a game that I really enjoyed on a personal notice was the 4 0 win against Buddha Glint. Uh, I'm trying to think, and I don't think the 4 1 win against Atalanta. Uh, was as beautiful and dominating as the results suggest, but it was definitely a very satisfying uh, vic- victory and uh, one that I enjoyed. So, yeah, I-, I would I would mention these three games. Do you have a best moment? So, best game slash best moment. Would you count the uh, the conference final in there as well, or was that best? The best moment would definitely be. Yeah. Uh, the final, winning the final, lifting the trophy, but it was it wasn't a good game. Uh, yeah, it was an awful game, <laughs> but yeah, it was great at the end. Um, exactly, Daniel. Best game, best moment of the season. Um, best game. It's funny that Imran brings up the Atalanta win because that was my best game because I think that was the it was the first big win I think for Mourinho and was probably also. Uh, it felt like the first time we beat a big team in really, really long time. Um, and just for the way in which we started the game and then the rest of the game was like uh, Chris Smalling at his absolute best against uh, Zapata. So it was, uh, I think, a brilliant game. Best moment, obviously, winning the trophy at the end. Um, nothing can kind of come close to that from the season. No, great. Oh. Did we shit house that win in Bergamo? Wasn't it twenty nine percent possession? And they Atalanta was in Gasparino ball. I'd like, I think we had like ten shots on goal, and they had like twenty. But the top corner scoreline matters. Uh, James, your best moment or best game of the season? Best moment, unquestionably, the final. Yeah, and uh, which I enjoyed. I thought it was, uh, and I've seen some neutrals comments who thought it was a. Uh, uh, a better game than the Europa League final the week before. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but um, uh, I, yeah, I thought from a new, obviously we were very uh, partisan in that game, but I think from a neutral, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was good enough to sustain a neutral watching. And uh, yeah, it was unquestionably the best moment for a long time for me. Um, 
And then best game, I would say, I mean, there was a game very early on against Salernitana, the away game, where we won 4-0. I think it was match day two in Serie A. It was, yep. Just before the first international break at the end of August. And I think that it was a brilliant performance, but, you know, I just thought, well, it was Salernitana and they're very poor and they were poor that night. Uh, Of course, ultimately they ended up uh, surviving, you know, but um, I would say the best performance was uh, the 4-0 win against Bodo Glimt for a variety of reasons. One, because of the importance, we were 2-1 down from the first leg, had to win the game. And we had, played them three times before and hadn't beaten them and there was like a bit of a you know we were in locked into this kind of duel with them uh during the season having played them in two separate uh pairs of games and there was a lot of pressure you know a lot of pressure a lot of expectation crucial game i mean our season would have definitely taken a real knock uh if we'd um not won that game and qualified for the semi-final so and and the way we you know the quality of the goals the dominance um the fact we restricted them to virtually nothing and uh and we kept going i mean in the derby we were very much in the second half i felt managing the game very effectively but in the game against bodo glimp we kept going and we got that and brilliant well they're all brilliant goals, really. I mean, okay, the first one was very opportunistic by Abraham, but uh, the fourth goal was one, maybe one of the, you know, uh, arguably the uh, the best of the four. But um, yeah, I just think that whole atmosphere around that game, the sense of relief, of uh, of, um, of satisfaction. Yeah, it was uh, that was. Uh, um, and yeah, you can't forget the most important part, which was. The fact that you believe we wouldn't win, win, win yes. that game. <laughs> That's, that, actually, that, that you should say was, that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, for me, the most important reason yes, for that, that being your best uh, win of the season. <laughs> you were so yeah, quite down. ironic, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I remember the podcast before, you were so downbeat and distraught. Yeah. When uh, Bodo scored in the last minute via was it a double deflection in Norway? Yeah, like, ties over. Don't see every <laughs> part of it. We're not going through. We're going to struggle. We're well, like- <laughs> well, in defence of that, I would say in defence, I would say that I was only thinking the other day that in the in the knockout stage we played seven games right, mm. and we only scored more than one goal in a game once. And that was the home win against Bodo Glimt. Mm. Now, how many teams have ever played a knockout stage of a European competition and won it by just scoring one goal in all their games except one? Uh, there's probably not many. And, and I mean, it's a remarkable statistic in itself, I think. But it also shows that, you know, how um, solid we were at the other end, you know. I was just thinking, wasn't Mourinho's Porto side like that? They win 1-0, one all, 
get a result, win one nil. I think they did that maybe in the in the Champions League win, but oh, I have Yeah, but they won the final three nil. Yeah, they did. They yeah. Comprehend it. But, but yeah, they they could well have done. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, yeah, James, you were like, Yeah, I can't see this happening and we were three nil up after about twenty five minutes and you were yeah. like, Oh yeah, fair enough. But yeah. Um but I had I had the derby win and just the look on Totti's face when Pellegrini stuck that free kick in, it was like he had this smirk on his face. It was like, okay, I'm here. We, I saw my captain do this, something I used to do back in the day. Um, the final, the win, uh, I did, it was a very cagey game. If we scored first, I, I, you knew what the game plan was. We were going to frustrate and we did. But like my standout, one of my standouts was like having fans back in the stadium. Like the tickets for, like Daniel went to the Venezia game. Was it sixty plus thousand for the Venezia game? Sixty plus thousand for the Salernitana game, the Bodo Glimp game. I think having fans back was like one of my standout moments of the season. I think Daniel, like as he's been in at the Olimpico this season, I don't know if he would agree with that. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. It was really, really good. The atmosphere was amazing. The fans sang until the final seconds, and we were we were drawing one nil, one one with uh, a team that had been relegated earlier that day, and um, the fans were incredible. Yeah, this whole season, I think we virtually sold out every home game in the last probably the last eight home games. I think were sold out so, in the league at least. And you had a hundred and ten thousand people apply for tickets for the Leicester home game in the Conference League semi-final. I don't know how many would have got applied for the the, the final in, in Tirana, but that's just absolutely baffling and bonkers. And people say it's a Jose effect and they have their reasons, but you're seeing their club playing at the semi-final in a European competition. Yeah, that's all I wanted to... That was my choice. Um, worst game of the season. I can, I can imagine there's a, there's a probably two standouts. Um, Daniel, I'll start with you. And then uh, Imran, I'll come to you next. And then James afterwards. Um, well, I, I don't think it's the Bodo game because I think, you know, the conditions there were so specific. You know, it was like um, a second string 11 on an artificial pitch uh, in the Arctic Circle. So... Uh, against a team who is, is pretty well drilled and pretty good. So uh, it was not so surprising when I think back. I mean, the scoreline is, is a bit, but I found much more disappointing the game we threw away to Juventus because mm-hmm. without that game, if we, had, if we had won that game, we would have been, we would have been one point off the Champions League uh, zone uh, at the end of the season. So I think that one is, for me, by far the most disappointing. It was really thrown away and I think we were the better team that game. Um, so, and that one was just really costly in the end when you look back on that result. It was just seven minutes of madness. Just absolutely crazy. Roma had it in their own hands and then capitulated. <clears throat> uh, Imran, uh, worst game of the season? Has to be the Buddha game because, uh, uh, because of the Norwegian connection, and uh, I couldn't hear the end of it. Um, you, you got the suffering. I got the suffering. I took the <laughs> suffering for all Romanisti, and I don't um, want anyone to suffer from that. <laughs> but uh, I felt the Derby mm. defeat and the Juventus game uh, in January, uh, they were very frustrating as well. 
for different reasons, uh, the Juventus game because we played really well, and to see the team collapse like that um, in the space of six seven minutes, it was uh, uh, it was very frustrating. But it also it also gave us a lot um, about this team, how mentally fragile it was, uh, how. The fact that it was leading, it was lacking leadership qualities, leaders in the dressing room, uh, and how how poorly constructed the team was. If you look at uh, how you want your team to perform in big games, um, so I think that game kind of exposed us uh, and revealed our weaknesses, and ultimately, I think. Despite going on a good run, it uh, if you look at that game, that tells you why we didn't qualify for the Champions, Champions League, League yeah. because because that game uh, is not an isolated game. I think that game uh, tells a lot and uh, reveals a lot of weaknesses uh, with the squad. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to go into the summer mercato, just look at that game and address whatever was wrong. Yeah, completely agree. I think I had um, one of the Rome Dar- the Rome derby defeat. I think the manner of it was quite poor. We were 2-0 down after, what, 15 minutes, and then Pedro scored. And I was like, okay. The defending for the third goal was just laughable. Both your centre-halves are on the, on the floor cl- trying to clear off the line. Um, the Juventus game, definitely. It was just seven minutes of just what is going on. And it's ridiculous. Um then Bodo glimped. Um, it was just like, what is going on? I thought the, the we talked about it, Imran, didn't we? Where the players were like, "What the hell are we doing here?" Was there was a mentality of like, "Oh, we just have to show up and we'll be fine." Uh-uh. Yeah, that's what not European football is about. It was just like, oh my god, yeah, like you, I I got it in the neck on uh, from some friends. Um, James, did I ask you your worst moment? I I forgot if I haven't. Uh, well, I would say um, I, I agree with Daniel in the sense that the Bodo Glimp game was, I never felt as wounded by that as the other heavy defeats in Europe, like the one against Liverpool and Manchester United in the last two semi-finals, for example, um, because it was so particular and it came in the group stage and I thought there was always... Um, uh, a group that we won, let's remember. And I always thought there was the possibility to redeem ourselves. We didn't in the uh, in the home game, of course. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I, I just felt that our conference league story was had a lot more twists and turns in it. So it wasn't like we lost heavily and we were out or virtually out of the competition. So I would say the four games against the Milan clubs were really, really disappointing. I mean, yeah. in the first game, we should have drawn that game. I think like we had uh, very frustrating refereeing mistakes in that game. Should have had a penalty kick for the foul on Pellegrini at the end. Shouldn't have conceded the penalty kick by Ibanez for his um, challenge on uh, Ibrahimovic and um, and then the away game against Milan that you know penalty kick that was given for the handball against Abraham which was I thought ludicrous and the general 
disappointment in that perform about that performance. And then the games against Inter, particularly the one at the Olimpico when we were brushed aside too easily. And so I, I would say the uh the games the four games against the Milan clubs were my most disappointing uh i mean even even the game against uh, the first derby that we lost you know there was a an element of misfortune about that should have had a penalty kick before in the move start of the move that mm. led to lazio scoring taking the lead so uh so um yeah i would say the four games against the milan clubs the inter home game is probably one of the worst games yeah, i've seen this season yeah. where into destroyed Roma in what thirty five minutes and exactly. it up, yeah. And just remember, Inter Roma played uh, Bologna three days beforehand, and Rick Carsdorp and Tommy Abraham were both suspended for that. Abraham picked up a nonsensical yellow card, which was absolutely baffling. Where he, he butted heads, they collided with each other, and the referee gave him a yellow card. And it was just him's going to miss that game. I was just thinking, oh my god, what is going? So he on? got two yellow cards. Then he got a yellow card at Bologna oh, yeah. and a yellow card at Leicester City. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. He got booked, but Chris Smalling never got booked this season at oh, all. Oh, Chris Smalling. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant I thought you meant Abraham. Sorry, <laughs> ah, Chris Smalling was never booked. Although the the only thing I would say about that was, if you remember, in the second half against Leicester City, he committed a foul just on the edge of the penalty area. Mm, he didn't get booked. Yeah, yeah. When on another day, he would or have. probably in Serie A, he almost certainly would have been for that but not in you know he, he he got away with one there i think but nevertheless maybe he earned his uh good fortune with his uh discipline yeah <laughs> we got there in the end <laughs> so you got got a bit, a bit confused um thoughts on the season and and jose Mourinho. this is an open question to all three of you I'll, just individually how would you rate roma's season and what were your thoughts overall on jose because we talked at christmas and you were all like sixth seventh james said eighth um maybe a bit feeling a bit pessimistic but overall are you guys happy with the season and with the way it's gone are you happy what jose's done overall Um, I would say not particularly. I mean, I'm very grateful for the place in the Europa League and the extremely grateful for our first ever win in a UEFA club competition that's been sort of uh, something I've really wanted for a long time now. But I think, the you know, it, it, the, the the way we play... I don't think has evolved sufficiently. And if it has, you know, if you could say, well, the team does did have an identity in the last couple of months of the season. I don't think it was a very appealing identity. Um, not playing very expansively. Um, uh, almost, you know, uh, trying to think of the right word, like uh, quite difficult to watch uh, on occasions. And, I think um, almost l- laboured at times and quite frustrating and frustrating for the opposition as well. I'm sure some opponents think they should have won games when, when they didn't beat us. But I, I don't think the football evolved enough, so I'll, I'll be looking for a significant improvement next season, particularly I think in style of play. Yeah, I think this transfer market's going to be 
crucial. Um, to see what he wants to Jose and Thiago Pinto wants to bring out. Sorry, wants to bring in and what players will will have to leave to 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 balance the books and players that come in. Like just today, I think there's saying that Sergio Oliveira is not going to be staying in Rome. He's going to go back to Portugal. They're not going to exercise his his uh, loan to buy. But yeah, I, th- there's parts of that I do agree with. I just think this transfer window is going to be massive for Roma to see the evolution of this side going into Jose's second season. Uh, Daniel or Imran, what were your thoughts on the season so far? Before I, think, before I ask, James, what would you rate the season out of 10? Um, I would say... Seven, seven and a half. That's not. That's actually not a bad shout. I think. I think it, me and Imran, I was thinking six if we don't win, get into Europe, and an eight if we can get into the Conference League. I won the Conference League and won. I got into Europe, but yeah, seven and a half out of ten is not a bad, not a bad grade. Sixth place in a in a European trophy, first European trophy in thirty one years. Um, sorry, uh, Daniel or Imran, what were your thoughts on? Um, Roma and uh, Jose Mourinho this season. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jose this season? What what would you rate Roma out of ten in the last ten months? Um, well, I think you can hear it in James' voice that it's a bit. Um, it's difficult to say, really. You know, mm. even the fact that we're talking about a rating of the season going from six, six and a half to eight, or something like that. It's there was obviously a big jump in the season rating depending on how the Conference League final went. And I think that's probably dangerous in itself if your season rating comes down to just one game of, of 90 minutes, which we won with a slim margin. Um, I don't know. It's so it's so difficult because I think James is right. There's no real attacking identity to the team. And maybe we can forgive it in his first season at the club because probably we have overestimated the ability of probably a lot of our players in our squad. And uh, we are still recovering from the work that uh, Monchi did um, a couple of years ago. We're still recovering from that. Um, now, a lot will depend uh, on what we do this summer, but even in this regard, I'm not so optimistic because I think we made some very questionable transfer um errors uh, over the past 12 months. You know, Shomurodov, Matias Vigne, um, letting Borja Mayoral go um, when we then never had an alternative for Tammy Abraham. So it's still a lot of apprehension that I have towards the next season and what we do in the transfer market. But it is probably true that if we can do something there, I think it will improve the general picture and and certainly... Um, we need to add something in the attack, I think, um, because personally, I think we won't go very far with, um, well, I think this Pellegrini's and Abraham is very good, but either we need to change the formation or we need to find someone different to play with Abraham, I think, or it, something needs to be changed, I think, going forward um, to get something else out of this team. But it's one of the most difficult seasons I've ever seen to, to judge. I just don't know how... I mean, obviously, a first European trophy ever and a first trophy in, in ages. So it's wonderful in terms of that. But I'm not filled with optimism for the next season either. So it's a bit strange in that regard. 
what would you score? Would you score like a six, maybe six and a half out of ten? Probably in the end, I would say no. I would say in the end, probably seven and a half to eight. Mm. Because if you're looking at it on paper, I mean, qualifying for the Europa League and winning the final of the Conference League on paper, that's that's quite a good season, I think. And like I said earlier, if we had if we had beaten if we had beat Juventus, um, we would have been one point of fourth. So I think mm. we were actually relatively close as well. So. I think on paper it's quite good. It's just, as James said, it was it's a bit of a difficult team to watch, especially towards the end of the season. I felt, but um, let's see for next season. Yeah, fingers crossed. And to yourself, Imran, I would give it a six point five. Uh, wow. Yeah, definitely. I think the hard taskmaster. Yeah. No, but what would you give? What would you give? I mean, the, if you're giving it, if you're giving it uh, seven point five and to eight, what would you give it if they finish top four? Eight point five. Okay. What would you give it if they win Europa League? Nine. What would you give if they win the Champions League? Nine point five. And Ten. so, what would the, what would the, you know like what would a treble mean? You know, like there is only so much you can go up. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know. So that's why I think I think we need we need to keep that in mind. Well, we won the Conference League, but there are. So I would I would say I would say six point five because uh, we there's a lot to work on here. Uh, we won a trophy, yes, that's good, but uh, we didn't play well um, for the most part of the season. A lot of the games that we played uh, were very labored, and um, at times we struggled to to create. Um, and be productive, especially in attack. Uh, so I, I believe that this team has a lot to work on. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of work to be done because we finished sixth place. Uh, even if we would have beaten Juventus and finished four points behind, or how many points? But you remember Juventus having probably the worst season ever, and then going through yeah. uh, crisis. So to compare. Uh, what should be an acceptable season for you to someone's worse? I think uh, the the bar should be higher than that. That's why I believe that um, the the season in Serie A was wasn't good enough. Uh, you might say that, yeah, but this team was never good enough to finish top four. That's different, but uh, and I can to an extent accept that. But it's the way we drop points to some of the teams that we do drop, point, drop points to. Venezia, uh, Bologna, yeah. uh, these games. And, I mean, Verona, uh, these type of games. I I think there's a lot uh, to be done, and uh, especially in terms of style of play. Uh, so, if they finish top four this next season, of course, it, it, it would change. But I think giving this season 7.5 and 8, I think it's you're being too kind because um, what would you give if they won, like I said, the Champions League and the Scudetto? It would be, it, it, it would be such a small gap. Uh, I mean, from 8 to 10, uh, uh, from this season to that, I think that would be too small of a margin. So given well, that we've all highlighted the difficulty in attack in particular the difficulty with scoring i've just mentioned earlier that in the seven knockout games in the conference league 
we only scored more than one goal on one occasion. What's going to fix that? It's a difficult question. I think uh, I think you need to. Of course, the mercato is one way to go. You sign uh, you you sign players uh, with different characteristics. Uh, you sign players, uh, or, or you construct a midfield which is more dynamic, more with more athleticism. Uh, and uh, more creativity uh, as well probably. creativity yeah uh, so you need to create a powerful midfield uh, and the, uh, I mean being good both ways defensively and in, a, in offense so I think uh, when you have that uh, of course it will be easier to score but uh, you need to develop also you need to f- Perhaps some of the methods or ideas will be easier to implement with different type of players. That's something I would like to believe, but that's nothing that I can prove because I have no evidence. Uh, I cannot base that on anything. So it's just hypothesis from based on how it could work. But uh, yeah, these are some of the things that uh, could be a way to address that. A big summer ahead. Ida is a seven, just a steady. Uh, could have been a lot better. Um, you guys have marked the inconsistency in games and the labour of the performances, but we did see some transition from February to April, uh, where Roma did pick out some very good wins against some very good sides and picked up a very good point away at Napoli, but then it went a bit disastrous in the league where. Roma are throwing all their eggs into the Europe, uh, the Conference League basket. But um, I thought Conference League win, it was good. It was good to see how much it meant to us as Roma fans and how much it meant to the Roma players and the club and the hierarchy. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot of work to do. And as you guys and myself have pointed out, this transfer window in, in the summer is so crucial to see what Jose wants to do in his second season because I don't think much... Some of us Roma fans don't want to sit through that football again for a little bit longer because at times it was turgid. It was perform. It was results over performances. But I had, yeah, like I said, I had it as a seven. It's like an okay-ish season as Joe says first. So we first season, we're all expecting top six, top seven, and we managed to win a trophy for the first time in fourteen years, which as I said brought so much joy to us fans. And we don't have to listen to this shit on social media now. We've actually won a trophy. Next next time is com- uh, the Coppa. Hopefully, it's maybe a Coppa Italia, maybe the Europa League. I think in a few years maybe five a Scudetto. But as you guys have said, Juventus, massive drop-off. There's probably one of their worst seasons and we struggled to gain points in them and Lazio finished above us in the league on um, on on uh, by one point. But yeah, um, we, we do have some listeners' questions and before we wrap this pod up because we've been going on for almost an hour, um, we got a couple of questions. Um at Zaniolo Ismo, other than a DM, what positions do you think should be upgraded in the summer? And that's an open question to anyone. 
Um, for me, um, we just need, I'll, I'll give you more than a position. We just need um, Paolo Dybala. And um, I think we're, we're sorted, really. Daniel, don't do this to me. <laughs> well, I think, I think ultimately, I think maybe, you know, um, I can't remember. I think it was Imran was saying about Zaniolo and the pressure he has and how he, he kind of, He's trying to do too much all mm. the time. And I think he might benefit next season from not being the guaranteed start in his yeah. and having a bit less pressure on him like that. And um, yeah, I, th- I think Dybala is feasible. Maybe people will come back in a few weeks and I'll have egg on my face. <laughs> when he's been to Blair. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can't believe... Uh, well, I love Roma a lot, so I can't imagine choosing Inter over Roma. But... Uh, yeah, would you rather stay in Milan or would you want to come to the hotbed of Rome? Well, I just think if I had seen the celebrations of, of Roma fans yeah. for winning the Conference League, I mean, I think Dybala would come and would instantly be a cult hero for us. So, um, it depends, I guess, what a footballer wants, but it doesn't seem to be so much interest in him outside of Italy. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think that would make a huge difference to the way we play and attack and everything. You got me all giddy now, thinking of Tabala in a Roma shirt. Would you say a number 10? Do you reckon you, if he does come, would you guys give him the number 10 shirt? Definitely. Would anyone else? Would anyone else disagree? Yeah, I would give it. I think we also need to break a bit the, the hex, or not the hex, but uh, I mean... Totti is unquestionable in the history of Roma, and whether someone else wears the 10 or not will never change that. But um, it would be good to... We've had a break. We've, we've honoured it a bit, you know, for a few years, and there's not been anyone worthy, I think. But now with Dybala, I mean, give him the 10 and make him make him the star, really, yeah, I think would be, would be amazing. I think that'd be a great idea, yeah. Oh God, it's just got me all giddy. This is like, like I don't know if you guys play it, but this is a FIFA or a football manager signing, isn't it? If if it does happen, you go and get a player with so much quality. I know he's been at Juventus for seven or eight years, but if he comes in, it does happen. And Daniel's made an absolutely excellent point. It takes the workload off Saniolo. Yeah, Ultimate. definitely. It will be, be a massive signing. If but you couldn't really rotate Saniolo and... Dybala, could you? Because they're two sort of virtual starters, aren't they? Depends. Yeah. On it. Well, um, uh, I think Zaniolo, uh, all of them, I, I think, are quite flexible, you know, and they can play around Tammy Abraham. But we'll, we will have to see what Mourinho does with, uh, with the formation as well and see what happens there. But um, I think uh, it's feasible to play those three together. I think it's feasible to rotate Saniolo and Dybala and in different roles that they mm. would do on the pitch. And I think, you know, we're, uh, probably Mkhitaryan will leave to, to Inter and I think we've freed up a lot of our wage bill. So I don't think it's so impossible either financially, but um, I guess this all really depends. I think everything will depend in the transfer market on whether Mourinho really wants to go to a to a back four. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Like, would you see? Could you see? As you pointed out, could you if if that theoretically, if that does happen, I've got the air quotations. Would you see a diamond formation with like Pellegrini on one, like a four-one-two-one-two? So Dybala behind Zaniolo and Abraham, and Pellegrini in a deeper role with someone maybe like uh, Cristante or Veratu, or to, of that ilk. 
I think I don't know what the others think, but I think Pellegrini can play pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think would we we might solve the issue by putting him deeper. But for me personally, I think if we change to the back four, it's an awful lot of work that it would have to be done in the transfer market for. I think our fullbacks don't really suit it um, to uh, suit a back four. Mm. I'm also not really confident in Ibanez and Mancini playing in a back four. I think they need a bit more coverage with having that extra centre back there. So I think there's a lot of work in in doing that. I would be a bit cautious to do that. But um, yeah, the other thing is yeah. we've looked. You know, the best performing part of the team was the defence, more the, the more you know, solid, consistent, and stable. And I. I would be very wary of uh, making a change there because think, of that. I think, you know, to put I don't want to be too simplistic, but when I think about what we're struggling with at the moment is that the problem is that like Abraham and Zaniolo are getting the ball too deep on the pitch and have the, the whole pitch in front of them and a lot of defenders to beat in front of them and are often quite isolated otherwise if they don't come deep to get the ball. So you do need something, whether it's in the deeper midfield role or if it's the player behind the strikers, but someone who can carry it through a line of defense or carry it a certain amount of meters that, that we're playing higher up the pitch, you know, more often. And Abraham doesn't have to be so deep when he's getting the ball. You know, I think he's better just playing with a couple touches in the box, you know. No, completely agree. Um, it's all to look forward to in the summer. It's like, Daniel, you got me all giddy and all excited and thinking about Tabala in a Roma shirt. But yeah, we'll have to think about that in the next weeks to come. Um, uh, so, Vin, is it Vin Ricks? Uh, he asked whether it was Fonseca or Mourinho. Roma struggled to take points from the top four sides. What do you think the team needs to do next season? Whether it's in the Mercato or tactically to change and push, and sorry, at that and push those top four sides. That's an open question to anyone to answer. By the way, sorry. I think we need to be better at creating chances. Good chances. It's not like, I mean, I know earlier in the season, Abraham hit the frame of the goal post and bar quite a few times, but he didn't really miss many sitters, did he? It wasn't like he was missing regularly. I think creation of better quality chances more regularly will go a long way to, um, you know, resolving that issue. Yeah, I think drop points against the sides that are... Like some of the performance this this season against the the bottom sides, like yeah. well, like we picked up one point against Venezia, Venezia who got relegated, and we struggled to, in the end to beat San Natana. I think just the, the maybe a lack of urgency and a bit of consistency in performances this season against sides like like against Juventus, like you guys have pointed out, and we pointed out, I think we'll go blue in the face until we do. We were three one up and it was one of the best performances to date for seventy minutes and it was an absolute shower for the last twenty in well, Juve. I, and I think one of the reasons why we looked so lacklustre in so many games was because we didn't like think of the two home games against the Genoa clubs. One mm. one against Sampdoria, nil nil against Genoa. I know we had the goal very harshly ruled out at the end against Genoa, but it was right at the end as well. But, um, you know, we didn't put them under enough pressure. We didn't create enough chances. And they didn't have to work hard enough to keep a clean sheet against us. And and if you create more, the more quality chances you create, a striker like Abraham, and I don't, you know, I think he does need a deputy. I mean, we gave away 
Mayoral halfway through the season were very fortunate that Abraham uh, stayed fit, albeit fatigued, <laughs> in the second half of the season. But, um, you know, we'll get goals, you know, if uh, if we create more, you know, better chances more frequently. Yeah, I, I do agree. It's just like, oh, it could have been so much more. Like last season, Fonseca was beating uh, teams left, right, and center that were below us. And then you come up to the teams like the top seven and struggled. At times this season, it's been a bit vice versa because Roma had an okayish record against what uh, Lazio and Atalanta and then dropped points against the other sides and Napoli. We picked up two draws. But yeah, I think it was just a lack of urgency and consistency in, in games. And I, I, we've all talked about it this season. So yeah, that was my thoughts. Uh, we got one from Daniel Silva. It's like a two-parter. It goes, unpopular opinion. Best game of the season was the Juve 4-3 defeat. The Mourinho ran. Sorry, I was about to sneeze that the Mourinho rant of players coming to him and not meeting him meet sorry and not him meet them on poor mentality was was the game that started the project. He's also given us a podcast rating out of ten, guys. I would give your pod six or seven out of ten on the season pods were controversial because you didn't always analyze the game on its whole some rest mistakes etc but overall was a good listening most mostly these last weeks was nice to see you guys getting warm to the team james not mentioning what they were doing on the training ground anymore ah ha ha good vibes Daje roma (laughs) (laughs) a six to seven is not bad i mean they gave the season 6.5 so I'll, I'll take that. He's he's given our podcast six six and a half seven out of ten, which I I, I take I take yeah yeah <laughs> I take it overall. Um, well, of course, it's uh, it's always easy and fun when things uh, when the team right. is playing well yeah. and the results are going right. Mm-hmm. There will always be differences of opinion, and what might be you know portrayed or <laughs> considered uh, controversial. But these are discussions that are important to be taken and it doesn't have to be personal. I mean, a pod, I don't think a podcast gets worse because it's controversial or something like that. It's just the content. But yeah, that's, that's, that's fair enough. It's just, I think it's a bold statement to say the best game of the season was the Juventus defeat. Uh, but there might be some truth to it because uh, after the game, we... Yeah. We had a you know really long run um, uh, unbeaten. Uh, so, but whether it was that game or not, it could be. Uh, but I think, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think that game also revealed and exposed a lot of our weaknesses. Uh, we did manage to cover some of them up, but uh, the run was it was good because it also showed that the team bounced back in terms of uh, mentality. But at the same time, it was, not, it was not enough. It was enough to win the Conference League, but it was not enough to maintain you know, quality of play and consistency in the league uh, until the end, which perhaps was a bit too much to ask for. But uh, let's see with better players in the summer. Fingers crossed. Um do you guys have anything to add to uh, to our conversation tonight? We've gone on just over 70 minutes. Do you guys have anything else to add? 
No, I don't think so. Stunned silence. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we can uh, wrap this up, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for joining me on this uh, this Tuesday evening all across the world. Um, You've got me and James in the UK. Daniel, are you still in Belgium? You back home now? No, I'm still in Belgium, yeah. Belgium. And Imran, are you Sweden? Sweden, Norway, yeah. yeah now so, in Sweden. Now in Sweden, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're a bit globally. We're global. We've got um, Jody, who's in Indonesia. He's joined us a couple of times this, this season. And you've got Sam, who's enjoying the, in, enjoying the probably the 100 degree sun in Florida at the moment, as it's hot all the year, all the year round. But yeah absolute pleasure tonight thank you very much guys for joining me uh you can follow us at lemagicast.com you can find all our previous podcasts on the website you can find us on all podcast platforms so your apple podcast soundcloud podbean TuneIn, spotify etc etc guys absolute pleasure so james daniel imran absolute wonderful last 72 73 minutes absolutely enjoyed it tonight Thank you very much for joining me on this lovely Tuesday evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what we'll be doing in the next couple of weeks. Um, I do think, James, you want to do, should we do the second part of our Roma in the 1990s? Yes. Because that was yes. something we wanted to do. I think we'll probably do that over the summer. I think I'll, I've got some ideas for some summer pods, but the football is over, guys, for us. I would just... Yeah, and sorry, I had to add this over also for Alberto De Rossi. He's, ah. uh, uh, his last season as a coach for the Primavera. Uh, well known. He's been in Roma system for 29 years now, and um, hopefully he will wind it up with the uh, with a trophy but uh, yeah he's, for those who don't know is De Rossi's uh, Daniele De Rossi's father and he's been the Primavera coach I think since 2004 uh, and uh, now he's uh, he's calling it quits aren't the Primavera side playing tonight is it tonight Yes, they're yeah, playing Inter yeah. tonight. It's Inter, no, yeah. No, 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 yeah. I've had my eye on the game, and um, Roma have been dominating it. They're, they're by, by and large the best team in, in the Primavera League, so it would uh, would be good to cap his career off with, uh, with one more title there. Fingers crossed. And I think I put in a WhatsApp group, is rumoured to be double A, Alberto Aquilani as a replacement. So that could be uh, interesting to see what happens. But yeah. Ah, um, yes, I saw that. Yeah, I've seen that reference to possibly Aquilani, who I think is coaching Primavera at Fiorentina this season. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be interesting times in the Primavera squad and in the Roma squad this season. Um, like w- Once again, guys, thank you very much for join- joining me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. We will do have some pods. James will have the second part of our 1990s Roma look because I think the last pod between myself, you and uh, Daniel was, was ex- exceptional. Really, really knowledgeable. You going through the, the year by year, but I'm really, really grateful. But all I'm going to say is, Force Roma and also Force of Scotland for tomorrow. We can do it, boys. We'll just beat Ukraine. We can get to the World Cup. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. And ciao. Thank you. Ciao.